0: CBS sports.com has unraveled its top power five coaches and their rankings for the upcoming 2022 season. Where does Josh Heupel rank and why it's just about right compared to popular belief. Plus other coaches in the SEC who's too high, who's too low, the biggest leaps from last year, all that and more and an extra Twitter Tuesday question here on a Thursday, Locked on Balls. You are locked on balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Thursday and welcome into it. This is Locked On Vols, your team, every single day. And I'm your host, Eric Kane. Of course, you can find this podcast on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols. I've got the link in both of those bios where you can find this podcast, literally wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, App, Google Play, Apple Music. Um, Audacity, wherever you know, the Odyssey app, excuse me, wherever you find it. Plus, it's on YouTube. You guys might be watching this right now on YouTube, so I do appreciate that. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Bet Online. It's got you covered this season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. So, Today, we're going to take a tree model approach, which means I'm going to take a story or a ranking list from CBS Sports, and we're going to dissect every which way about it, and I'm going to tell you why, because I think it's important. Not only is this the off-season, and it is list season slash combined with talking season, and it's just easy content, but it's also very interesting, too. Um, You know, CBS Sports does a phenomenal job with off-season content. I've, I've brought a lot of their... Um, there, there's stuff here to the show and, you know, dissected and we've talked about it. And that's what we're going to do again here today. So what CBSSports.com has done uh, the past uh, two days this week, I guess it was uh, Monday and Tuesday or Tuesday and Wednesday, one or the other. I can't remember. Um, they've taken the 65 Power 5 head coaches entering the 2022 season and they have ranked them one through 65. And it's interesting because Josh Heupel is... Kind of about where you'd imagine he would be, and we'll get into that here in just a moment. But a whole lot to get into here on today's show, and it was a panel by CBSSports.com. Tom Fernelli does the write-up, but you know there's about six, seven of these guys that kind of vote on him each and every year. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. This is Locked on Vols. So when you look at CBSSports.com, and I'll link it uh, in the uh, the description here for you so you can check it out uh, for yourselves. They have Josh Heupel coming in at number 33 amongst the power five head coaches, number 33. So that's about middle of the road, right? And that, that's about right. In my opinion, think about it. You had year number one, seven to five regular season, seven to six overall with the bowl loss to Purdue. You come in and you completely, you know, 180 flip this offense going from a slow, you know, pounding ground running offense to where you didn't take many chances throwing the football because you didn't have a quarterback, very limited in the personnel, Jeremy Pruitt had a distinct vision for his offense. Wanted to go 1990s with good defense and good run game and good offensive line. Hey, that's my brand of football. I'm an old man. I get it, too. But that's not the game of football anymore. you got to adapt and Tennessee was just awful, point blank, just awful in the three years offensively under the Jeremy Pruitt regime. Uh, that was not Jim Chaney's offense, guys. I, I promise you, that was not what Jim Chaney does. Uh, go back and look at any of the other you know years and the highlight tapes of his time at Georgia, his time at uh, you know uh, at uh, Purdue, his time um, elsewhere. He's he's done a lot. That was not Jim Chaney's offense, or at least that's not what Jim Chaney. Um, does when the restrictor plates are, are pulled off him, if that makes sense. But in comes in Josh Heupel. Uh, you spread it out. You're running young. You're going fast. You're running almost three plays per minute. All that type of stuff. You found your quarterback, Hendon Hooker. You know, it took you till week two or week three of the season you found him. And the offense did a complete 180, and it's been exciting and a brand of football. And that's why Tennessee won a lot of games. That's why Tennessee was in a lot of games. But still, you know, with respect, Tennessee didn't beat anybody. Right? You lost to your three main rivals: Florida, Georgia, Alabama. You lost two games in which you really could have won, to be completely honest with you, in Ole Miss and and Pittsburgh. And if you would have won those two games, look how much of a difference that'd be. That'd be nine-win regular season, right? And again, that wasn't the expectation. The expectation for a lot of national plaudits were four wins. I said Tennessee would crawl to six wins this past year, and they ended up with seven in the regular season. So still a good season in year number one. I'm not trying to hate on Tennessee. But in order for Josh Heupel to move up from 33rd, which is where he is right now in this ranking You know, into the top 25 potentially, he would have needed to knock off one of his three rivals or win a couple of those toss up games. One or two of those toss up games, and being Pittsburgh and in being obviously uh, Ole Miss. Now, coming into the season, Missouri was a toss up game. Kentucky was a toss up game. Florida was a toss up game. um, Pittsburgh was a toss up game. And and Tennessee took care of some of those teams, but in the end, it, you know, or took care of Missouri and Kentucky because Missouri didn't turn out to be anything this year, and Kentucky was a good team. But Tennessee was able to handle business and and went on the road at Kruger Field holding on to win, I might add. But Josh Heupel at number 33. That is about right in my opinion. Now... Let's look at the rest of 26 through 65, shall we? They did this in spurts. The 26 through 65 came out on Tuesday. The top 25 came out on Wednesday. And we're starting with this bunch because that's where Josh Heupel is. At 26, you got Mike Leach, and we'll continue on. Pat Narduzzi's at at 27. Chip Kelly's at 28. David Shaw of Stanford's at 29. Jeff Braum of Purdue is at 30. Chris Kleiman of Kansas State is at 31. Billy Napier of Florida's at 32. And Josh Heupel of Tennessee's at 33. I ask you this: from twenty-five to thirty-two, is there any coach up there that you would flip with Josh Heupel? I've got one off the top of my mind. I've got one that I'll tell you right now, and it's easy. It's Billy Napier. I think Billy Napier is going to be a fine coach. I think you know Billy Napier to Florida. Florida is not going to be down for long. I like what Billy Napier did at Louisiana. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good recruiter. I think he surrounds himself with good staff. This is not a Billy Napier love fest, but it is what it is, right? But Billy Napier's not coached a Power Five football game yet. Okay, I've coached just as many SEC football games as Billy Napier has. Now, he knows more about football than I do, but point remains, I've seen Josh Heupel coach an SEC football schedule before. Okay, I've seen it with my own eyes. You saw it. We, it happened last year. Billy Napier has not done that just yet. And when you look at their group of five you know records and all that, what Billy Napier did in four years was incredible at Louisiana. But Josh Heupel taking over from the national championship winning Scott Frost at UCF... I say that in jest because I think it's hilarious. Danny White is now our AD, our AD here at Tennessee, but Danny White's the one that did that. I will, I will forever, I will never not make fun of that. Is what I'm trying to say. I still think that's hilarious. But again, we know Danny White now. He's a he's a cheerleader. He's a fundraiser type guy. That's the AD that he is. But nonetheless, you take over for Scott Frost, who went undefeated in 2017, and you win double digit games in 2019 or in 2018. Uh, you win double-digit games in 2019. And then in 2020, it was kind of a weird year. Uh, you, you went 6-4, and four and you kicked off about half your defense for player personnel issues. And, of course, it was the COVID year and all that. It is what it is. But it's not like Josh Heupel was not successful at UCF as a head football coach. So I'm 100% flipping jo- Billy Napier. Billy Napier should be at the back of the pack. We'll get to some other head coaches in their first year here in just a moment. Billy Napier should be back there because, again, he's not done it yet. Josh Heupel's done it. Uh, I can make the argument that Josh Heibel should be ahead of Chris Kleiman, but it's not the end of the world. Jeff Braum, he's been doing it uh, for a couple years now, beat Josh Heibel. I have no issue with Jeff Braum being ranked higher. David Shaw, struggled here lately, but it's once upon a time, he's a top-ten coach. He's at 29. Chip Kelly, I think, you know, ha- had a good year last year, but his the runs of his UCLA tender, because he handicapped himself to a quarterback that was awful, just like Dan Mullen did with Emory Jones last year. It is what it is. Chip Kelly, that's a little bit of an overranking at 28, in my opinion. Pat Narduzzi at 27, you beat him. And then Mike Leach, I think, is one of the most overrated coaches in all the country. Uh, but, you know, I get it for him being ranked ahead of Josh Heifel. I understand it. I still think 26 is a little bit too high. So let's look at the teams behind Josh Heifel and the coaches behind Josh Heifel. Uh, Jeff Hafley at Boston College is 34. Sony Docks is at TCU, 35. Uh, Greg Schiano at 36 with Rutgers. Jonathan Smith, Oregon State's at 37. Brett Belima at uh, 38 with Illinois. Steve Sarkeesian at 39 with Texas. Tom Allen, Indiana, is at 40. Josh Heupel should be a ranked ahead of all those guys. Shane Beamer, who I think is incredibly underranked on here, and you guys know me. I've been a big South Carolina and Shane Beamer hater uh, here in the last year, but all they've done is prove me wrong. I don't think South Carolina will ever contend for a spot in Atlanta. I don't think South Carolina will ever win the East. But since Shane Beamer has been the head coach of South Carolina, all they've done is overperformed by – overachieved by four games, in my opinion, last year. I know that Florida was walking wounded. I know Auburn had given up, but South Carolina beat Auburn and beat Florida. Those are two wins that look really good on paper. He's recruited very well. He's he's won the transfer portal battle so far. Shane Beamer's done a nice job at South Carolina. And, and again, they kind of split that Seed sprayer first-year head coaching award or whatever with Josh Heupel. I think Shane Beamer's critically you know, underranked here at 41. He should be up there a little bit higher. Uh Lance Leopold's at Kansas at 42. Scott Satterfield, Louisville at 43. Justin Wilcox, California is at 44. Brent Venable's at 45 at Oklahoma. Josh Heupel should be ranked ahead of all those guys. Eli Drinkwitz coming in at number forty six. Mike Norvell sliding to number forty seven. Brian Harson sliding to number forty eight. Marcus Freeman at forty nine. Here, look right here. First year head coach. 49th at Notre Dame. Why is Billy Napier at 32nd? I just, I, I don't get that. Mike Locksley from Maryland at 50. I, you know, I'm not going to go on and read the entire list here, but I, I do believe Josh Heupel's position just about perfect, in my opinion, at number 33. Napier should be behind him. Kleiman would probably be behind him. But outside of that, I think that's uh, kind of about where where it should be, to be uh, completely honest with you. A um, couple more highlights. Let's look at... Um, Scott Frost who's going to be fired after this year is at 53, Dan Lanning, first year head coach at Oregon's at 54, Billy Nabors at 32nd. Um, Herm Edwards sliding out at 55, Dino Babers at 56, Clark Lee at 57. Quite frankly, he should probably be at 64. I just think he's an awful coach to be completely honest with you. And I called that at SEC Media Days. I watched those guys get up there last July or la- you know yeah, last July and they said, "Hey, yeah, we're excited about Clark Lee. We're excited about this new brand of Vanderbilt football. You know, he's making us earn our numbers. We don't have a locker right now. We don't have jersey numbers. He's making us earn it. Red flag, red flag, red flag. That was the day I knew that Clark Lee as a head coach would never make it. Tony Elliott, first-year head coach at 60 with Virginia. Why is Billy Napier 32nd? I just don't get it. Mike Elko, 64 at Duke. Why is Tony? El- Why is Billy Napier 32nd? Brent Pry, 65th, coming into the back of the pack for Virginia Tech, first-year head coach. Why is Billy Napier 32nd? I just, I don't get it. There's a national national media love fest of Billy Napier. And again, sign me up. I think he's a good coach, but I don't get it. I just flat out don't get it. So we'll continue on with Josh Heupel. He's coming in at number 33 in the CBS Sports Power 5 Coaches Rankings in the 2022 season, uh, but he's at number 33, and that's the section of 26 through uh, 65. And we'll continue on. We'll discuss... SEC coaches, where they're ranked, and is it the right order? Coming up next here on Locked on Vols. Our partners at BetOnline.net continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting and gambling needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, the latest news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. You guys know that I love the futures a whole lot, all right? BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, the playoffs, esports um, you know, reality television, a whole lot more. You can head on over to the website today or use your mobile device right here in the palm of your hand and check out all the latest trends and all the action. You guys know that on on Sundays, I'm a big NASCAR guy. That's when I go to bet online. That's when I go online at betonline.net and I place my bets for the days. And I usually come out on top because there's so much strategy, just like in NASCAR to betting NASCAR as well. Betonline.net. Go ahead and give it a try. It's where the game starts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. Make sure to go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board. You got a panel of hosts that uh, do a whole lot of great stuff. They're giving you a deep look into the NBA draft, the mock draft, the player rankings, and of course, the big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. That is the Locked On NBA Big Board, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, so taking a look at Power Five coaches rankings, one through sixty-five. With CBSSports.com. Josh Heupel coming in at number 33, and I believe that is just about right for right now. Let's take a look at the top 25, and then the SEC coaches. No surprise, Nick Saban of Alabama is up at number one. Kirby Smart, Georgia national champion, now is at number two. Dabo's at number three with Clemson. Lincoln Riley at USC is at number four. Jimbo Fisher is at number five. Ryan Day is at number six. Those top six have been, in some shape or order, about the same top six for the last. Oh, I don't know, four years or so. Brian Kelly's there, at number seven, LSU. Kyle Whittingham, number eight of Utah. Jim Harbaugh, number nine at Michigan. This past year really, really helped him. A college football playoff for sure. Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State, coming in in the top ten. Um, Dave Aranda May- uh, Baylor at eleven. Matt Campbell, Iowa State at twelve. A little overrated in my opinion. Kirk Ferentz, Iowa is number thirteen. Paul Chryst, Wisconsin's number fourteen. James Franklin, talk about overrated. Is at fifteenth. Mark Stoops of Kentucky is at 16th. Dave Clawson at Wake Forest is 17th. Lake Kiffin 18th at Ole Miss. Uh, Mario Cristobal 19th at Miami. Mac Brown, the living legend, at number 20 for Carolina. Pat Fitzgerald at number 21 for Northwestern. Well overrated. Sam Pittman at Arkansas is at 22. PJ Fleck at Minnesota is 23. Mel Tucker, Michigan State's 24, and then Dave Doran 25 at NC State. Here's how the top. Uh, here's how the SEC coaches look in their respective rankings, okay? So you got Nick Saban at number one, you got Kirby Smart at number two, Jimbo Fisher at number five, Ryan Ke- Brian Kelly at number uh, seven, Mark Stoops at 16, Lane Kiffin at 18, Sam Pittman at 22, Mike Leach at 26, Billy Napier at 32, and Josh Heupel at 33. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. CBSSports.com is saying Josh Heupel is the 10th best head coach in the SEC entering the 2022 season. 10 out of 14. Okay. Shane Beamer is at 41 behind Heupel. Eli Drinkwitz is at 46. Brian Harson's at 48. And Clark Lee is at 57. So I think it's safe to say you would take Josh Heupel over Shane Beamer, Eli Drinkwitz, Brian Harson, and Clark Lee. I think Eli Drinkwitz is a decent coach. I think he's annoying. I think he's... Um, I think his little charade of trying to be the jokester in the SEC is getting really, really old. But I do think that he's good X's and O's coach. Um, but I would still take Heupel over him. I would put Heupel above Billy Napier right now for reasons I explained in, in segment one. Mike Leach, I think, is incredibly overrated. He's had um, a handful of decent seasons at tough places. I get that. But you look at the rest of his coaching record and you talk about compiler. I mean, seven wins, seven wins, eight wins, seven wins, seven wins, wins, eight wins. And there's something to be said for that. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like this guy wins double-digit win seasons every single year. He won seven games last year with Mississippi State. He will never sniff fourth place in the SEC West. He just won't. Not with Kelly there, not with Saban, not with Jimbo, not with Lane, not with Pittman. I mean, let's be frank here. He won't sniff fourth place over there in the SEC West ever, in my opinion. Um, Would you take Josh Hypel over Sam Pittman? Well, it's... I mean, right now, it's kind of hard to argue, right? I mean, it's two different styles, if you will, but it's kind of hard to argue. Sam Pittman's had a really nice little run here the last two years. He Went 3-7 and that COVID year, but he should have had five wins that year, and he had a pretty decent year this last year. Made it all the way to the top 10. Would you take Josh Heupel over Lane Kiffin? Lane Kiffin has more experience as a head coach. He's been a more distinct play caller for some better teams. He had a really good year last year. Would you take Mark Stoops over Josh Heupel? Mark Stoops, I'm fine with the 16th ranking in the country because you guys know me. I'm a, I'm a big Mark Stoops believer. What he's done at Kentucky is incredible. He's the second longest tenured SEC head coach behind Nick Saban. I mean, he never has a, a good quarterback. He builds his offenses around good, offense around good offensive line play and a good running back. He builds. He, he's a good defend, defensive coach, right? Always has edge rushers. Always finds and develops edge rushers. Good linebacker play. And for them to win eight, nine games at Kentucky consistently here here lately, hats off to Mark Stoops. Heck of a job. But I would still probably take Josh Heupel over Mark Stoops, right? Or am I wrong here? I, I don't know. I have a ton of respect for Mark Stoops. Maybe in a year or two, I'll take Heupel over him. But in terms of where the game is going, you want Josh Heupel um, over Mark Stoops. That's that's an interesting conversation. You know, uh, Brian Kelly, I, I horrible, horrible, horrible human being. Horrible human being, but he's a good coach. So you take him over Hype, you take Fisher over Hype, you take Smart over Hype, you take Saban over Hype. Okay, so I'm just trying to play the who would you rather have game, or is this worth it? I don't think Josh Hypo should be ranked 10th in the SEC, but you know maybe 9th, maybe 8th. You can make the argument for 7th, but he's middle of the pack. He's middle of the pack in terms of being the best head coach in the SEC, in my opinion. He just has four years of head coaching experience now and one year in the SEC. I'm, I'm giving Billy Napier all this crap about never coaching in the SEC. I mean, Hype only done it one year, and it looked good for year number one. you got to take a step. you got to have your defense come around and create some depth. I understand all that. So it's just kind of interesting to look about kind of how that how, how that uh, kind of falls out here whenever you say, you know, where are the coaches ranked here in CBS Sports Power 5 coach rankings per the SEC. Let's look at the schedule, shall we? These are head coaches and their rankings at Tennessee that are on Tennessee's schedule this year. Pat Narduzzi at 27, Billy Napier at 32, Brian Kelly at 7, Nick Saban at 1, Mark Stoops at 16, Kirby Smart at 2nd, Eli Drinkwitz at 46th, Shane Beamer at 41, Clark Lee at 57. Tennessee will play, according to CBS Sports, uh, the CBS Sports ranking list, Tennessee will play three of the top 10 coaches in the country play four of the top 20 coaches in the country. That, that one added on there was Mark Stoops um, at, with his 16th ranking. Now, where this favors Tennessee a little bit is you will play Pat Narduzzi, who's 27th, did beat Tennessee last year. You will play Billy Napier, who's a first-year head coach at a new institution, who's ranked 32nd. You will play Shane Beamer, who's right now, let's be honest, he's on the same playing field as, you know, I know Tennessee beat the crap out of South Carolina, but in terms of what you've accomplished in, in your tenures – Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer are right head-to-head. Shane Beamer's even got more impressive wins, in my opinion. So, it just is what it is, right? I mean, that, that'll that change. That should change. But for right now, it is what it is. If Tennessee were to play Florida and Auburn at the end of the season last year, I have no if ends whats what's-about-it. Tennessee would have beat Florida Florida and Auburn as well. But, that's not the way the cookie crumbled. It just didn't. Um, you got Eli Drinkwood's at 46, Shane Beamer at 41, and Clark Lee at 57. So, You know, those are some coaches that are well down the rankings. It's not like you're playing like last year's schedule. um, You know, with with Lane on there, that's a top twenty coach. Of course, Saban's on there. Um, You know, you you got you know some of these other guys who were ranked higher than last year who have slid down some. So that's that's what it looks like for Tennessee in terms of the coaches on the schedule right now. And in case you're wondering, Texas and Oklahoma is coming over in 2024, 2025. One of those years, I think it's 25. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, who will probably not be there when they come to the SEC, is 39th, and Brent Venables is 45th. So, just kind of a, a a way to look at it there in terms of where some other coaches are ranked around the SEC and where Tennessee stacks up with some of those names. I still just can't get over Billy Napier being ranked ahead of Josh Heupel at 32nd. And quite frankly, Shane Beamer should be ranked well ahead at 41st, You know where he is right now at 41st. The rest of the top ten, I mean, again, I I mentioned the top six, seven are pretty predictable. Saban, Smart, Sweeney, um, Riley, Fisher, Day, and Kelly, one through seven respectively. Whittingham at Utah is an eighth. Jim Harbaugh, prior to last year, if he had a top ten ranking, I'd say that's well overrated, but he's earned that now. Mike Gundy, they never compete for a college football playoff, really, but, I mean, they're, they're in the running, but they're never serious candidates, right? But all he does is compile double-digit win seasons at Oklahoma State. Dave Aranda's a good coach at 11th. Campbell, I thought, is overrated. Ference tough job, 13th at Iowa. Paul Chris, Wisconsin. James Franklin, 15th. Uh, Dave Clawson probably shouldn't be in the top 20, but he had a really good year last year. Mario Cristobal, 19th. You know what he did at Oregon. Now let's see what he does at uh, Miami. Mac Brown deserves to be a top 20 coach. Um, you know, Sam Pittman's probably about right in the top 20 of the 23, 25, a 22nd. PJ Fleck, severely overrated. He's at 23rd. Mel Tucker had a really, really good year a couple years ago. He's at 24th. Dave Doran might be one of the most overrated coaches there. But again, it's kind of hard to argue on a Tennessee behalf because it's only been one year at Josh Heupel. So we continue on with the CBS Power 5 coaches rankings entering the 2022 season. A couple more notes on that when we come back. Josh Heupel, number 33. Too high, too low, or just about right? I think for now, it's just about right. Bill Barr. I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownie. Let's be real. I'm reading copy points. I don't make brownies, okay? But I do like the cookie dough back when you're little and mom's making cookies or brownies, so I can relate, all right? Imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein from it. Wow, you're in heaven, right? You're in luck because Built has new creation, and this one is better than ever. The Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me right. The puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now at Built.com. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs yet? Guys, I've been harping on for months. I'm not sure what you're waiting for if you haven't. Puffs are chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bars. That's right, delicious flavors. Marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate, only 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar, brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up on any day. All Built Bar Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with a Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy it each and every outing. These brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. <laughs> this is this is real life, guys. Go to Built.com and check out those brownie batter puffs right now. Built.com. Use that promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Bill Bar just sent me some birthday cake flavored uh, you know, puffs. And I got to tell you, they're good. You can try those out at Built.com as well. LOCK15 for 15% off. That's all at Built.com. All right, boys and girls, we got another segment left here on this Thursday edition of Locked On Balls. Hey, I haven't forgotten about you. I'm working on an interview that you guys will love. Hopefully, it will come at some point next week. But I promise you, if it works out, you guys will like it. Plus, we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a Niko Iamaliava plus um, Arch Manning episode at some point. You talk about this SEO through the roof on YouTube. Am I right? But uh, comparing those two quarterbacks and which quarterback uh, will have the better career, uh, that's coming up at some point on Locked On Balls. But uh, we're continuing on. A couple more notes. Uh, really just you uh, you know, you know, one more notes topic on the CBSSports.com Power 5 Coaches Rankings. Josh Heupel, number 33. Um, again, I will link this in the bio of the episode if you want to check it out for yourself. And big thanks to CBSSports.com for coming to play with some offseason content here. Um, coaches set for the biggest leap following this year it's easy to say typically if you're first year head coach you're gonna be the back of the pack in these type of rankings Josh Heupel I believe was like 51st last year um you you play the game you move up and and all that oh I didn't even read what they said about Josh Heupel excuse me that's being really bad at my job uh Tom Fernelli writes on Josh Heupel okay and it looks like I have the same thing pulled up here so excuse me uh Tony Fornelli writes on Josh Heupel, um, as I continue to scroll here, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, here we go, on Josh Heupel's 33rd ranking here. This has nothing to do with Hypel specifically, but I smell some SEC bias here. Interesting. Yes, Heupel exceeded expectations at Tennessee in his first year, putting together a fun offense and leading the team to a 7-6 and six mark in the Music City Bowl. However, if he'd done the same thing at a program in another Power 5 conference, would it warrant a 19-spot climb? I'm skeptical. All that aside, he's the first Tennessee coach to finish his first season in Knoxville with a winning record since Lane Kiffin. Simply sticking around for the second season puts him ahead of schedule from that perspective. Uh, again, he was ranked 52nd last year in the same ranking system, plus 19 up to number 33. And keep in mind, too, though, think of everything Josh Heupel had to deal with in year number one, okay? You had i turn my volume up here. You had 30-some-odd players into the transfer portal. So many of those, all four of your linebackers into the transfer portal. Uh, tailback into the transfer portal. I mean, b- big, impactful players. Your best players left the program. Um, your coach got fired. Your your program's under investigation. Josh Heupel comes in here and leads them to a winning record. I mean, again, that in itself is, is something that uh, you know should, should speak volumes. But um, last thing here, First-year head coaches who were set to make you know big jumps in the rankings, just like Josh Heupel did last year, this time next year. Tony Elliott at Virginia, 60. Tony Elliott even turned down, turned down the Tennessee job because it was so much of a crap show. Remember that, guys. Co- people like Tony Elliott, who's fine. We'll see how he does at Virginia. He was the offensive coordinator at Clemson for a long time. Turned down the Tennessee job because it was so much of a crap storm. Remember that. Tony Elliott, 60. Dan Lanning, 54th. Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, well, he's positioned to be really good because it's Notre Dame, right? 49. Brent Venables at 45. Those are some of the first-year head coaches that are back of the pack now that I see can move up and make big leaps if they have winning records in year number two, just like Josh Heupel did in this system. So, CBSSports.com, really, really good, uh, fun topics to uh, discuss. Josh Heupel, 33. Is that too high, too low? or just about right, you tell me at underscore at or at balls, and of course right here in the comments section on YouTube. All right, guys, uh, one last thing as we uh, close up shop here on a Thursday. Our guy, Ross Jackson, who's a a frequent listener to the podcast, takes part in Twitter Tuesday a lot of times. He dove in the DMs, and this was earlier this week. This is from my guy, Ross. So Tennessee opting out of playing BYU and opting out of playing Army. Is there any risk of taking a reputation hit with finding partners for home and homes. That's a fair question. That is a fair question from Ross. Um, Tennessee is technically opting out of the BYU game. I had some BYU fans jump in the comments on YouTube uh, trying to you know say that uh, they didn't, it wasn't like they were trying to dodge Tennessee game. Let's call it what it is. BYU didn't want to play Tennessee. And let's reciprocate here. It's of my opinion, Tennessee didn't want to play BYU. Um, Tennessee's going to make a heck of a lot more money by playing in Nashville. Tennessee is not going to have to pay for all that jet fuel. I, I, you know, if, if that's the argument I'm making here, why they don't want to pay BYU jet fuel, then then why ever go on another trip, right? So, again, I'm not trying to overemphasize that. But the fact of the matter is that game would probably have been moved. You know, you got your starting quarterback who will likely be a true freshman and or a new starting quarterback, new offensive line. You want your first game to be in Provo? I don't think so. So, again, I don't think BYU wanted to play Tennessee, and I don't believe Tennessee wanted to play BYU. Not like anybody was scared of anybody. I just don't think that these programs wanted to play each other. Uh, so that is kind of is what it is. Now, Tennessee already had the first leg of the home-and-home home back in 2019. All right? So the top of ticket sales, you know, it has to go in order to not play this game. It has to go to BYU for this game. But Tennessee's going to make $1.5 million. Virginia's going to make $1.5 million um Tennessee doesn't have to pay for an opponent you're playing it you're honestly you're swapping BYU for a power five opponent it doesn't get anything it's not sexy I hear you but I mean that, that that's what's happening here so again I I'm disappointed I'm not going to get the cover of the game that's selfish of me but in the grand scheme of things it's a wash in my opinion because it's like all right BYU Virginia at eh, playing in Nashville it is what it is maybe Tennessee can riddle some of those Nashville woes here with a better playing surface so um I, I don't the, the getting out of the BYU deal, I, I think it was more about logistics than anything. Um, I don't think it was Tennessee scared or, or BYU scared or uh, is what it is. I think it was more logistics than anything. All right, let's talk about Army. And again, Ross brings up some good points because this is the second time it's happened in last year. Tennessee uh, canceling a game and then picking up another game. Army, Navy, Service Academies, Air Force play a unique brand of football. Typically, they do not have the, the hosses to compete with the likes of the Power Fives. Um, they're going on, on a better mission to defend our country, and we all should be thankful and pray for our soldiers each and every day. Um, it allows us to me to talk in front of a camera about sports. I mean, I, it doesn't get any better than that, right? They're typically smaller. They don't compare measurables, for the most part, across the board with that of Power Five. So they have to play a unique brand of football, and that's option offenses for the most part, okay? When you are a Power Five football team, you never want to schedule an option-based offense. You never wanted to play Georgia Tech a couple of years ago. okay? Why? Because you're taking time mid-season or beginning of the season trying to work and prepare to defend an option offense when you're never going to see it again. Ever. Never, ever, ever. At Division two, hashtag Uncle Rico, allow it, you know, four four games on the twelve game schedule for us were against power, were against option offenses. When you got in the playoffs, even you know, we were an option offense on, on at Carson Newman. You see that more at lower levels because again, smaller, not as big, and you can you know quicker. You can get away with it, or not or quick, not I wouldn't say quicker. But you know we saw it pretty routinely, and and, and so we practice against it every day. So it was one thing, but even like when we had L. R. Week Seven, I mean you had to take the whole week and practice against a triple option offense to where you your outside linebackers come up and stand in the two point stance on the end of the line of scrimmage to take quarterback. Your middle linebacker, which is what I was, you step back three or four yards and you play the you play the dive quarterback pitch just run the alley. You got your safeties coming up in the box. It's different. Compared to what you do the next week, which is a spread offense, you have to spread everybody out, right? So you don't like you. You have so much to lose playing an option offense uh, via a service academy, in my opinion. Now that this is all from a football perspective, all right. And Philip Former, I believe, and Jeremy Pruitt are the ones that put this on the table. Tennessee playing Army. Danny White comes in. Josh Heupel comes in. They had nothing to do with it. Heupel's probably like, hey, I don't want to play this game. It benefits me in no way to play this game. And I agree with him. If that's if that was his mindset, he was never quoted in saying that, but I guarantee you that's what he thought. So Tennessee getting out of the Army game makes complete sense to me. And I know there are a lot of people that were upset about it. I get all that, but it makes complete sense to me. Now, sometimes you just got to, you know, do what's – I'm not going to say do the right thing, but just stay true to the thing, just stay true to the contract, allow them to come here and play in this Power 5, but they'll have other games like that to showcase. It just, from a football perspective is all I'm trying to speak of right now, it made no sense. So, to answer your question, Ross, that's a fair question. It really, really is, man, and I I completely agree uh, in terms of asking it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think pretty much every football mind across the country understands why Tennessee got out of the Army game. And I just think, logistically, it makes so much sense to get out of the BYU game. Still, I wish they were playing it because I want to go cover it. And, um, I mean, Tennessee would probably win that game. But, uh, it, you know, likely. You know, we'll see. But, of course, all the turnovers. So, good question. Fair question. I, I wrote back. I I said that I hit it more on the podcast because we got a little bit more to it. But uh, that's uh, some good stuff there. So, that's going to do it here for this episode of Locked On Vols. We went over... The tree model for the CBS Sports Power 5 coaches rankings. We hit it from just about every single angle. Fun times. Put in the comments section. Throw me a like. Throw me a heart. Little thumbs up if you liked it. Hey, appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you're on Apple, if you're on Spotify, whatever platform, please rate five stars. I need those positive comments. Got some shitty Got some crappy ones on there right now, <laughs> and uh, we need to we need to put those down there right now. So leave me a comment if you enjoy the show, if you're a fan of the show. Uh, but most importantly, rate it five stars. Anything to help the algorithms, guys. Uh, that would be awesome. But most importantly, thank you so much. We'll never go unnoticed that you take time out of your day to hang out with us here on Lockdown Balls. Coming at you tomorrow, big show to end the week of Friday, Locked On Vols. Thanks so much for making this your first listen. Check out Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy right now as we send you on to your Thursday. Guys and gals, thank you so much. We'll do it again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody.